Hello, everybody. Welcome once again to the High Jiu-Jitsu Podcast. Hello, everybody. This man next to me needs no introduction. It is the one, the only, Mr. Matteo Panza. Please introduce me again. I don't need an introduction, but I'll have another. <laughs> fair enough, yeah, fair enough. Yeah. All right, this is Matthew Voga Mason. Is Thanks. that nicer? Is that better? See, it's all the same. It's Matty Panza to us, okay? That's it. Um, what's going on, Matty? Matty just had a beautiful class of jiu-jitsu. Uh, got my brain ticking, um, had some nice slow rolls, which was really nice because my brain was ticking. What? <clears throat> oh, yeah? So I was like, you know, there'd be positions where I'd realize, you know, because we were going slow, I could realize I was uh, in a compromised position in, in terms of my base or whatever it may be. Uh, it was really nice. You know, you could think about it and be like, oh, yeah, because of that, I'm therefore this, therefore, how can I improve this, etc., etc. and you, you build on it. Is that because you're too you're not man enough to, to go hard, Maddie? Huh? You wanna go? Huh? <laughs> you, you want some? Challenge my manhood. <laughs> is that is that why you want you like the slow approach? What's going on there? Slow is smooth, smooth is fast. Oh yeah. Yes. But no, that's not the reason I want the approach. Why 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 do you like to go slow then? Because I have I I can only take in so much so much oxygen. Like, yes, okay. So, oxygen. do I want my oxygen fueling my muscles or my brain? Well, it's going to be doing both. Yeah, but if you could choose on a sliding scale how much you'd give to each. So, the more you oxygen you give to your muscles, the less you give to your brain. All right? Because your, your muscles are still, and need the oxygen more than, say, for example, if I was sitting a test. Mm-hmm. Would the oxygen be going to my muscles? And I'm sitting writing a, a test at school. Or a little exam. bit would be yes to keep yourself alive, yeah. but there's there's most of it's going to things. the brain. Yeah. So if I'm learning and trying to think and analyze and improve, where do I want my oxygen? I've never thought about it like that. I like it. I like it. And um, <clears throat> that's a good point, Maddie. Because hey, like when you were doing slow rolls, were you guys fighting? We were navigating roadblocks. Whoa. Is that fighting? Depends. I mean, we could be fighting. We're still learning the art of fighting, but we're not fighting to do it. There you go. Oh, oh, oh. So whilst you're learning the, you're learning the art of fighting, right? Of combat, of self-defense, but without necessarily like. Um, requiring soft like uh, to fight at that particular time. Mm. That's a that's a that's a big topic. Yeah, it is. And today, people, with that being said, our topic: Where did all the love go? A reflection on self-defense. Where did all the love go? <laughs> so, so made me. That's Kasabian people. I don't know who a bit that is. Of reference. Why do we regularly discuss jiu-jitsu from a standpoint of violence? It's known as the gentle art for a reason, and you like it because you don't need to get hurt while doing it. <clears throat> so then is it still violence? When we come in and we're practicing technique and we're like smiling and we're friendly and we're playful and we're in a lab, are we practicing violence? No, we're practicing a system of defense from violence. Mm -hmm. Uh, Violence is uncontrolled to a degree. 
you know, where I use the word control in, you said something beautiful today in class and I don't want to butcher it at all. Uh, It was... How dare you butcher my stuff? Sorry, sorry. But what is control? It's giving just enough for the right situation to deal with the current situation and never more. Mm. So I'm never out of... I feel like violence is more chaotic. We watch a UFC, that's violence. Mm-hmm. You're, being, you're violently trying to injure someone. So in jiu-jitsu, we're learning how to navigate what could happen when someone comes at us with the, the intent to violently attack us and we are developing skills we spend 15 20 minutes of every class dealing with how how to negotiate uh through or navigate through a violent aggression uh, uh, attack Mm -hmm. and then move that into our realm where we are safe from violence which is what makes jujitsu the gentle art because the gentle art is kind of moving through that chaotic and and, and intense aggression, violent situation without the need to resort to violence ourselves. I mean, we can if we need to. Mm-hmm. Like, we've got the skills to do it, but we, it comes back to that control. We never give more than we need to for any situation. Yeah, right. So that's, the, and that's how it could be the gentle art. That's another, like, uh, reference point to the gentle art because mm-hmm. um, it's only as gentle as what you need, but... You know, only as violent as what you need, but no more violent than that. What happens if you're in a, uh, uh, you're visiting your grandfather in a nursing home and he has dementia and he forgets who you are and decides to strike at you? <clears throat> we have the, sc- the skills to, to catch him and hip throw him and, you know, T position. Counter the right hand, come to the outside, yeah, uh, just deliver ja- my blow. Yeah, jab him in the face, oh, sure, oh. right? We're going to meet violence with body, violence. Body, body, head. Or are we going to be... <laughs> Take down. Flying knee, just Jorge Masvidal, just whack. (laughs) Right, yeah, okay. Um, Yeah, we've got the skills to navigate that potentially dangerous situation with only what we need. We don't need, I don't need to punch my grandfather in the face. Yeah, but Maddie, like, what if you had no other, no other um, option, you know, as in, and whether it's, maybe it's not the punch, but maybe it's like the, um, the all out gung-ho war, you know, like the, the, the hardcore response, you know, if you can, if you only ever respond um, with intense aggression, if that's how you learn, like be first, go hard, strike first, strike hard, you know, attack, like if, if attack, 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 if we're always like that, then we, we, there is a big, big likelihood that we fail to um, practice the things on the other side of the spectrum, like the the approach on the other side of the spectrum, I should say, where um, my grandfather doesn't need, I don't need to, um, I need to be very careful with my grandfather. He's fragile. He's very fragile. And he also is not a bad person either. So I don't want to strike strike hard. Yeah. Don't want to hurt him. I want to just kind of make him feel comfortable. He's not some junkie with a knife trying to attack you, you know, and where you might have to, even that, even, even that guy, you know, who's like, maybe he's on under the influence of like mm. some hardcore drugs or something, you know, mm. and he's delirious, is out of his mind. I also don't want to kill him. Mm. Like, I don't want to like slam him on his head. Just land that perfect KO punch and he and, just goes out. And drops, drops and cracks his head against the ground because suddenly from some uh, like light aggression, it's become 
like manslaughter or something, yeah. you know, and it didn't have to be like that. Um, <clears throat> Maddie, like in class, in like BJJ Jiu Jitsu, um, you know, le- like sweeps, escapes, submissions are all part of Jiu Jitsu of grappling. And it's all so much fun. Um, and learning those things is plenty of work in and of themselves. So then why are kicks and punches and eye gouge and headbutts, are they still relevant in this idea of jiu-jitsu, which is what we're doing, we do jiu-jitsu. So are those other ones, other like um, options, are they necessary for us to um, consider? I think. This is where our, like, where the topic is slightly like would go today. You know, like um, the, the rules of grappling don't apply in the context of real fighting, of real fights, of fights that aren't um, in a jiu-jitsu gym, dojo, school, um, that aren't in a competition. The rules of grappling don't apply there. You don't get punched in the face while on the mats because you meet your partner in agreement that you won't strike one another unless you do agree to strike each other, in which case you're not going to be going hell for leather trying to, trying to murk each other. And you're trying to keep each other safe and away from harm. So a real life physical altercation with another human does not and can't assume any of these. Like if I was to, something was to happen on the street, chances are he's going to start using his hands to do something, whether it's to push me, to punch me, to potentially kick me, maybe headbutt me, you know. And as respectful as gentlemen's rules are, like they don't exist in reality. We can't assume that any altercation that we have is going to be on the premise of gentlemen's rules. Absolutely not. Mm-hmm. Especially when someone feels threatened. You don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, the idea of rules goes out the window. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> jungle rules. The crazy guy that just got in your face doesn't do jujitsu. He doesn't know that inside lapel grips are illegal in IBJJF. Okay. Or that you can't <laughs> grab individual fingers. Yep. He doesn't care for your nose when he tries to punch it into the back of your head. Unfortunately, this man has no idea what he's doing. He's now in a rage. The anger is crippling him, and you've assumed all responsibility for his issues in life. <laughs> he plays by different rules in this anger, as, most, uh, as does most of the rest of the world that doesn't do BJJ. Mm. Most people will erupt with a punch. Some people may kick. Others are going to go straight for the groin. And if this behavior is totally foreign to you, then there's a like, like you might have to prepare for the effects, to feel those effects. Mm. So when we talk about jiu-jitsu as a gentle art, what are we doing? Like, do we consider all of these parts of it as well? You can do both. Depends what you want, right? But it's... I think it's not really doing yourself justice to call your, your scenario self-defense if you're not considering all of the possibilities. Mm-hmm. We train mm-hmm. a specific way out of respect for the fact that what we're doing can cause broken bones and broken noses, and all of that means that your time away from being able to train if, you're, if I've got a broken arm, I can't come to jiu-jitsu and actually learn how to not get my arm broken. So we train in a very specific way 
uh, yeah, okay, when we're rolling, we don't punch, but that's out of consideration for each other. But we should still be learning the techniques with that in mind. With the consideration that people can punch. Yes. Can slam. Absolutely. Which is a very, uh, you know, non-jiu-jitsu thing to do. With the consideration that you can also punch too. Yes. Um, I remember Steve Maxwell coming in. And one of the things he was showing is, oh, yeah, passing the guard. Perfect time to knee someone in the groin if you need to. When they're passing? No, when you're passing. Uh If you're on top and you can open those legs, there is a strike there. I'm never going to practice that in class. I'm never going to knee any of my my partners in the groin. But we need to be aware of it. We need to be made aware that this is a possibility. That's huge, Maddie. Thanks for bringing that up. Because to be honest, um, before... Steve came to the commune, as it was formerly known. Yeah. Um, I'd never even thought about, for, like, jiu-jitsu for self-defense. And for me, it was always about, like, it was the comp. Well, I always thought that kind of, just the grappling was the self-defense. I mean, I never considered the possibility of a knee from... And that's the scary part. That's a very, very scary proposition right there, because if you think of the grappling as, an, as self-defense... Um, just if, because you're grappling. Just because you're grappling, you know how to defend yourself. To be honest, before Steve Maxwell came in, I thought I could know how to. I thought I was pretty good, like at, at you know, in a fight. I had I'd done a little bit, some very basic stand-up stuff, not enough. Um, and I, you know, was good at jiu-jitsu. But if you had come at me before my like brown belt, pretty much. You could have punched me in the face. And I don't know. I like what is Carl, what Carlson Gracie? Everyone, no. He's like, if you punch a black belt, punch a, one punch, and the black belt becomes a brown belt. Yeah, another punch. Another becomes a purple. Another one becomes a blue. Before yeah. you know it, you've lost all your jujitsu just because of punches in the head. Mm-hmm. So, with that being said, um, it's Steve came in and just showed me like uh, and just began the conversation. Mm-hmm. Let's put it that way. Absolutely. You know, and he was like, he, you're going to get smashed. He, you're going to get hit. It's like, yeah. you, you can't even deny it. It's like, yeah, I, yeah. I will. Man, that, that my, my lovely collar and sleeve misery guard is great until that person frees their arm and just punches me in, in the nuts. In the nuts, yeah. It's and like, if you haven't thought about, hey, hold on, nut shots are illegal in jiu-jitsu. Mm. So you can't nut shot me. But this guy doesn't care about these <laughs> does, rules. does not. So... The thing is, Maddie, that what's happened lately, I feel, I feel I can feel this. And I, 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 the reason why I feel it is because I was there a few years ago. Hmm. I thought jiu-jitsu was either the competition. Well, initially, it was like jiu-jitsu is self de- like this is self-defense. Because I was, I was sold on grappling being self-defense. I was. Yes. You know, and if the guy didn't know how to strike, then, you know, like, didn't know jiu-jitsu, then you just, like, swing a wand and then magically, <laughs> yeah, yeah. like, have him in a choke or an armbar. That's how it sold to you. That's how it was sold to me. I mean, I believed it too. And you know what? You, you hear a lot of black belts say most blue belts can school most people in a fight. And they probably could if they can get past those initial well, punches. The, there's punches coming at your face. There's, there's a lot of unpredictable stuff leg, happening. There's a knee. Yes, there's a lot of stuff happening. Mm. Um, and these are things that we need to consider. Mm. So initially, I had no idea about the, like the, the distinction between one or the other. And then, you know, when Steve comes in, it was kind of framed that 
and it, it happens like different people, different strokes for different folks, as they say. But then came a point where it was, in my mind at least, was jiu-jitsu is either self-defense or for competition. This is competition jiu-jitsu, it's gonna get you killed. This is self-defense jiu-jitsu, it's gonna work well against the layman, but not against the guy who does, who knows how to grapple. Why can't it be both? Well, <laughs> it can be both, Matty. But it can be both if you have the system and if you have the knowledge of how to make them one and the same thing. Yep. But there is a learning curve, is what I'm trying to, is what we're saying, mm. is what I'm saying here. Um, there is a learning curve um, to bringing your grappling in the unpredictable fight realm. Yes. Yeah. Um, and that's how, like, you know. <clears throat> so, the thing is, you know, see the love in everybody. Now, you're a good person. Uh, you're a good, you're a good guy, Matty. Ah, oh, look, I'm terrible. I rob grannies and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I like to think I'm a good person. I like to help people. When was the last fisticuffs you got into? Oh, when I was a white belt, like proper uh, fight. Yeah, yeah. before well, I wouldn't even call it a proper fight. I kind of pushed it away. I, I de-escalated because mm-hmm. I was outnumbered. Yeah. Um, I still ate some punches. Yeah. I ate some punches. I didn't punch back, but I managed to get out without eating too many. Too many, Pretty yeah. Pretty safe, mm-hmm. all things considered. Um, before that would have been in high school. Mm-hmm. I got into a fight when I was... It actually, it wasn't me. It was my, my big mate. My mouth, my mate who's had a very big mouth. And it was four of us. And my mate started, like, just said one or two sneaky comments to this other guy who was by himself but my mate's not a it doesn't it's not a um uh what, there's a word for this but he's not a he's not a very um he doesn't like fighting yeah but he loves talking shit and he loves like just riling people up and annoying people with his mouth i can i can identify with that i do i have in the past enjoyed doing that i think i'm yeah a, he enjoys it so much i think i've evolved beyond it <laughs> Well, grown up, matured, some would say. Anyways, like that, that one guy became 20 people. Oh, dear. It was against our four people. Oh, no. And that didn't go very well. <laughs> and back then, I didn't have, I didn't have any concept of self-defense. Were there any rules in that fight? There's zero rules. Did you eat it? Did you eat a lot of punches? No, my friends ate a lot. <laughs> I, like, shelled up, and I punched one guy, and I hurt him very bad. Yeah, and I will never forget like the, the the feeling that I got when I saw his face after I punched it, and it was like, it wasn't good. It's exploded. No, he just like he was he was asleep, and he fell pretty hard. And thankfully, he fell on grass. Yep. And then I like they all the whole the whole swarm like just jumped on me. Oh dear. Um, and I I was just kind of curled up, and then they went to my friend, and then it just did not work out very well. <laughs> that was. Interesting. We look back on that, and it was very interesting. And mm. that could have been avoided if my mate had just kept his mouth shut, you know. But, yep. but Maddie, since then, my point, our point, my point on this is like, since then, I haven't been in a fight. I haven't even been close to being in a fight. Um, and I'd like to think that I'm a good person, right? And 
we're good people because jujitsu has put us in a, the frame of mind where, to be honest, that was probably before I even started training jujitsu. And then after I walked into a dojo and I saw the monsters that were there, just, just basic people who were in suits and then they'd come out, they'd go into their gears and they'd like- Just regular blue belts. Just regular people and they'd just be choking you left and right and like you, ha- you couldn't do anything against these people. That was a real re- reality check for me. I was like, oh my Lord, like, I don't know this stuff. Who am I to be talking shit if I don't know this? Who knows this stuff? Can someone please tell me? Like, do you know this? Do you know this? <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna. I'm. I think that that you you realize very quickly that the safest thing to do is just to be a nice person and just to just to yeah. relax. You know, <laughs> yeah, not, not 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 um, not chase conflict. You mm. know, and not and not create it by yourself. You know. Um, <clears throat> And that's thanks to jiu-jitsu, really, you know? And now, time on the mats has made you check your ego, you know, in a life-changing way. You possess both the skills and the awareness to know that violence can end very badly. Yeah. So you do your best to avoid all of this nonsense and instead carry yourself like the martial artist that you are. Right? I like that. Why? There's something... You know, there's a, there's a distinction between a martial artist and a fighter. A martial artist is still learning the martial arts, which are the skills of fighting. But it's a way of holding yourself mm. that's beyond just, I'm a fighter. I can knock out anyone. I feel like as a fighter, you need your ego. Like yeah, you need to I be think, def- defending your ego all the time. I think you just nailed it with the word ego there. Mm-hmm. A martial artist can detach themselves from their ego, whereas a fighter, as you said, there's a, there's a need of the ego. Yeah. You can't go into a fight for a world championship not thinking you're the best in the world. Yeah. Can you go into... I mean, look, I'm not an exercise... I mean, an exercise psychologist. Is that what they're called? Physiologist, perhaps? No, psychologist, like competition. I'm not one of those, but if you go in going, oh, I wonder if I'm the best, you're already creating an opportunity in your mind... Because when the going gets tough, you're going to be like, oh, shit, I'm not the best. Yeah, Let exactly. me out of this. Yeah, your, your mind's not already mm-hmm. there. So you need your ego to believe you're the best and that you can kill anyone. Yep. But that's, that's a big point. Mm-hmm. You know what, Maddie? Like when I first started doing competitions as a, as a white belt in jiu-jitsu, I'd go in there and I was a little bit, in, I was definitely intimidated because mm-hmm. I'd hardly ever done it before. And I'd go in there and I'd do okay, but I'd, it wouldn't, I wouldn't come away with like, gold medals mm. and I wanted gold medals because I was in there and then Ricardo Vieira like when I was in Brazil as a white belt I was talking to everybody and he goes he goes listen people when you go in to compete it was like before the Brazilian nationals is trying to get all these students ready um, and I was happy to be in that room at that time because it changed it created a very different perspective for me I learned a lot he goes you d- like don't try to be your partner's friend your opponent's friend don't like it's not the time to be their friend after the match yeah say hello hey man how you going you know but go in there and do your business first and your business your business right there is to win the match yep so don't even worry about talking to them and being friends with them and most that guy's he's not an asshole he's definitely not an asshole but he's talking about an intensity that's required in order to win against somebody else who also really wants to win so if I go up against you in a comp, I'm like, I'm going to beat Maddie, you know? And I, mm. of course I want to flow, I want to work with you so I can catch you, but um, I don't want to be angry, 
But at the same time, I'm not going to back down. No way. Yeah, yeah. Like, no. Like, it's my win. There's less. There's a, a lot less yielding in competition. Yeah. So there was a difference there between being like, you know, the, the, the martial artist that's learning all the time and then somebody that's going in for a competition to win. With that being said, I think it depends, man. Everyone, like every sports psychologist would probably have a different method, a different mm-hmm. like idea, different approach. And I think every competitor will have an approach that works better or worse for them. Um, that's what worked for me. And that was kind of like highlighting my ego and saying, no, John, you're good enough. Go in there and win. Go take what's yours. Yeah. Okay. And that would put me in a freight in a, a, a light a fire in my butt, to be honest. Yeah. And I'd be like, okay, let me go just kill these people and then get my gold medal. Then after I'd kill them, I'd be like, hey, man, thank you so much. That was fun. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, in a competition realm, you know. But outside of this, you're not afraid of conflict, you know, off the mats as a martial artist, but you actively seek to avoid it. Mm-hmm. We're not afraid of it because that's what we do on the regular. We come in, we practice, we train, we learn how to, we learn the anatomy of another person. We learn the strategy of, of, of how to work with the, the, the force of somebody coming at us. That's what we do. So I'm not afraid, but I actively seek to avoid it because I know the ramifications of it. Mm-hmm. You know, we're also well-trained and we're ready for all situations at all times. But this is only if you train with these options in mind. And we don't, we're not even aware of all the options either. No. How many times do we train? I mean, look, we're in Sydney, Australia, where we have a pretty damn good controlled gun culture in our country. Yeah. There's not many psychos running or just general people or anything running around with guns. Yeah. So we don't really train with gun defense in mind. That's probably one thing we don't do very much of, if any. Um, but that's an option. That is always going to be an option in this outside world where anything's possible and there's a lot of chaos. Yes, and I, I mean... I mean, it's an extreme. It's an, Of course it's an extreme, but, but what if we're in America? We'd need to have, like, gun defences there. But, you know, even before I, the gun defence... We're actively seeking to avoid it because there's a possibility. Uh, and we know for a fact, no matter how much you prepare for a gunfight or a knife fight... There's going to be a lot of damage done. Yeah. There will be. So let's avoid that stuff as much as we can <laughs> first, you know, but also have the plan B, the plan C, you know, understand what's happening and how you can stay safe in every situation. Mm. Now, I like the fact that you said Sydney because that's kind of what we're talking about here. The fact that we live in Sydney and we're not a very violent city, definitely not. Mm. you know so we we can see the love in everybody we're able to here you know but it doesn't mean that things don't happen big don actually was talking to me about um last saturday he was he was um he he came across this one guy i think don was wearing like his army backpack oh yep and the guy started like mouthing off at him really hard about the army he's a military guy he's this is that and Don had his two kids. And really? Yeah. Oh and the God. size of Don. Don's a monster, people. He's like 100 plus kilos, I reckon. Bench presses like trucks and <laughs> deadlifts yeah. cars. Yep. Strong um, man. Strong man. Very, very strong guy. And this guy was coming up to him. And Don was like, there was another guy that approached, a security guard approached Don. And he goes, 
um, hey, if you want to come in and like come into the hotel until this guy goes, he's like, just, you can come in. And Don goes, no, I'm fine. Thank you very much. And the guy, Don looks at the guy, goes, take one more step forward and you'll see what's going to happen. Looked at him right in the eyeballs. Imagine Big Don looking at no, you. No, I wouldn't want to. And Big Don's <laughs> got his kids there too. So if you want to make a man super wild, like threaten him you and his it. kids. Yeah, yeah. And this guy saw him and was like, uh, okay, no worries. <laughs> I think he just, he just backed down and walked away. Yep. Which was probably the great, the, the, definitely the, the right thing to do there. Man, you know what? Like, Don is one of the scariest people. I know he, he's a beautiful student of jiu-jitsu yep. because he is a ball of muscle and he's learning with finesse. Mm-hmm. I would hate to be on the side of him where he chooses to use his ability to deadlift a truck and throw it at the moon. He could just pick it up and throw it into the sky. Sometimes he can. You get the feeling that he can just do that. At one I know point. he can, but he chooses not to. Yeah. He's learning with <laughs> finesse. So yes. I don't want to be the person on the street who receives that that explosion. And the thing is, Maddie, that it's there. Yeah. Like he knows how to keep himself safe against somebody that's going to punch him. Absolutely. You know, because that's what we do at, at higher. That's what uh, Pedro Sawa Jiu Jitsu gives you the opportunity to do. Like we learn how to navigate in those waters yep. just as much as we learn how to navigate, you know, in, in a, just a friendly, playful role. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, let's be real, after class, most of the rolling we're doing is sports-style rule set where we're not punching and eye-gouging and doing any of those skills, but it doesn't mean we're not considering it. Uh. Here's a consideration. Anytime someone in side control or half guard or whatever can put their hands around your head and, and flatten you out with a chin across your face or whatever mm-hmm. that was a position they could have punched you in the head instead yeah and that but but in saying that the grapple yes agreed so for me but i think that helps my jiu-jitsu in general thinking like that mm-hmm. because i now know when danny's past my guard with his big long arms I have to frame across his shoulders and protect from that hand. Yes. Because he could punch me in the head. Yep. Or he could just cross-face me. Yes. And that that's there's a little bit of a... Um, a crossover. A crossover there. Mm. Because that cross-face could be a punch as well. So that's why... We don't need to embody the violence like in on the mats, mm-hmm. but we need to explore how the principles of jiu-jitsu evolve to include other forms of attack. Mm-hmm. Yes, this is important because that arm that Danny has free from a jiu-jitsu standpoint is going to cross-face you and pin your head to the ground. He's going to move your hips to the other side and as Danny does, he's going to mount you. And that's a problem. Yep. But if we were punching, then that arm that Danny had free for the cross face could easily be a punch to the face. And so we like, we still have to, do, we'll do the same thing. You wanna come on the inside, you wanna frame against the arm and follow it. Mm. So you're always keeping control of your partner's hands. You always know where your partner's hands are. What happens if I don't know where your hands are when I'm in the mount, underneath mount, and you're on top? Donk, punch in the face. Or Cross-collar. Cross-collar too, yes. So there's a lot of times, they are different approaches, mm-hmm. but but what I love about our, our system, our way of doing things, is that there's so much crossover as well. Mm-hmm. It's consideration for both. Always. We need that, we need that. It's very important. Um, and this, like, this is how you can best, this is how you 
can best apply jiu-jitsu as a means of improvement both for on the mat and for life off them as well. Absolutely. We're not specializing in like military combat. We're not specializing in gi competition jiu-jitsu. Worm guards and... If we were, we'd have to look at worm guard. We'd have to look at, you know, maybe we'd have a stable of Berenbolo people too because, you know, and like just everyone would be wrapping their fingers up because the grips are like really, really tight and all that stuff. 10 years of jiu-jitsu. No one can see my, my, my hands. 10 years of jiu-jitsu. Look at these knuckles. Beautiful, Maddie. They're, They're pretty damn good. They're beautiful. Thanks, man. Um, yes, I got one messed up yeah. knuckle and that's because I was gripping too hard at one point. So that, there you go. You feel it. Um, Pedro Sauer Jiu-Jitsu. I love it because we are... Um, we, we have so much fun on the mats, as you know, Maddie, and we're learning, we're learners, we're martial artists, but we can apply jiu-jitsu in so many different realms because we focus on the principles of it. That's a big, that's big. That's, that's really, really important. So for example, uh, we have, you know, the stage one to stage four um, guard work, punch, punch defense. Punch block. Punch block from guard. And, you know, but even if we start going in the collar, we're talking about, you know, the, the, the distance. Managing the distance at all times. Manage the distance, manage the damage. That applies in jits, but it will also apply if the person's throwing those bombs at you. I love the way when we're talking about even the scissor sweep. Mm-hmm. What's a, that's probably the most fundamental white to blue belt technique you can learn in jiu-jitsu. Yep. That and like a sit-up sweep, I'd say. But we always can talk about those with the consideration for punches. Yes, you know, if, if, if you can punch me in the head while I'm doing a scissor sweep, I'm doing a crap scissor sweep. Well, yes. And on the flip side, if you try to punch me in the head while I've got you in a scissor, like while I've set up a scissor sweep, I'm going to sweep you. Correct. Knowing so, to time that. Yeah. So if we understand the principles, mm. then it almost becomes easier to apply the jiu-jitsu because there's more force coming at you. Yeah, they're giving it to you. They're giving it to you. They're giving you space because they need space in order to make the strikes. Mm. And if you understand how to work with that space, then you fill those gaps and you've got whatever you want. Does that, that, that's yeah, really cool. That's I love beautiful that. beautiful concept. So for example, we're in side control. You're on top of me and you're pinning me on the ground and you go to knee me in the gut. And I know that. I, I, I know what your arms are doing. I know what your legs are doing. I know where your head is at. I know what is what you have available. Mm-hmm. And my job, from a jiu-jitsu self-defense point of view, if, like call it grappling, call it self-defense. I need to know what you have available. What, what mm-hmm. is free of yours? I need to consider that. So that as you move, I can assess my options all the time too. So I've, I'm connected to you underneath side control and you go to knee me in the nuts, in the sorry, in the in the in the ribs. guts, ribs. What does that give off? I create space for your floating knee to come My in. My floating knee comes guard. in. I recover guard, and then I can grab control of your head. I can pin you. Yeah. I'm controlling you, and then whatever you want to give me, you can give me. Mm-hmm. You know, if it's an armbar, it's like anything, I've got you back into the guard where I'm managing the distance, in order to therefore manage the damage. Absolutely. Hey, maybe on the street you're gonna. Maybe there's this crazy odd chance that you come up against someone who is a jujitsu guy, and maybe you have to learn how to keep yourself safe, self-defense from 
someone pulling a spider guard and, and then and worm guarding you. It's a possibility. We practice for all eventualities. But when you understand the principles behind it, you can kind of figure out the jujitsu side on the fly. Yep. Yes. You know, once you're aware of all the possibilities from the self-defense of punches and whatnot, the little ta- entanglements of a gi become pretty simple because you're not getting punched in the face and you're not at the risk of getting punched in the face. Yes. So and yeah. you can slow... Eventually, you'll f- learn how to figure that all out. And then what if, like, all, those, all the grip-heavy stuff is happening and the punches are happening too? Yeah, I mean, maybe that you're on be, top. That it's, can potentially get nasty. When you understand that so, when someone's got two grips on you, maybe a collar and sleeve, but you've got a free hand, you know their hands are busy. Yes. I could, if I was out on the street and I had to defend myself, I could then use that level of uh, turn that volume dial up and crack them in the face. Mm-hmm. Could. I'm not saying I want to. I'm a, I'm a nice guy. And what happens to their worm guard after that? I think that when you punch someone in the face, they're going to let go of those grips pretty quickly. To defend their head, potentially. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And then, and then punch them in, in the balls. They're going to they're going to want to cover that up pretty quickly. And then suddenly the competition game that they have isn't isn't working very well. Yes. And it starts to go downhill very fast, which is why, Maddie, we have a syllabus from white all the way to black, and that doesn't include worm guard. It no. doesn't. Doesn't include berimbolo. You could call it old school. It still includes all the, the, the tricks, the submissions. We're still learning leg locks. We're learning heel hooks. We're learning knee bars, uh, ankle locks. We're learning all the, the, the common things that are still being taught and super yeah. popular at the moment too. But my question is why, why are those, like, why do we call the fundamentals the fundamentals? Because they suit all or as many possibilities as possible. It seems to be like that, yes. And, you know... They, build, they create the platform for you to build off. Yeah. So that's what I love more than anything about our, like our approach is that mm. we, we, we focus on the, on the very fundamental aspects of when hu- one human comes and connects with another human. And even before that. Um, and then, Maddie, as you know, we have our Thursday no-gi gloves. Yep. And that's a class that, you know, we throw the gloves on and we practice and then everyone's got free, like, not free reign, but <laughs> yeah. sometimes some people do, but... <laughs> Someone look. There's always a risk that someone takes takes a bit too excited. No, but you know what? Like, it's nice to see. Like, how does your jujitsu, the one the jitsu that you practice week in week out, how does that um, hold up when there is somebody on top who's throwing bombs at you? Mm-hmm. You know, and and like sometimes it's a very nice filter. Yes, it's really really good filter, and that's why we have that class, and that's why that class is just. I feel like it's improved on our jujitsu tenfold. And then, Maddie, we have lab class and we have open rank. And then we have open mats, for example, and we can practice all of the gi stuff. You know, we do that. We, we love our Delahiva guards and all that stuff. You can then take and, and evolve to wear and meld it wherever you want to take it. Yes. But have the solid platform first. I almost imagine it like carving a statue. Would you want to carve a statue with big hollowed out chunks in the middle? Like, would you, would you want to start with a hollowed out piece of marble? Or do you want a solid piece of marble to start with? What about like um, a you, piece you, of timber that's been eaten by termites? That's not a good, like, <laughs> you know, you're going to be carving away at your timber and you're going to find a hole and you're going to go, oh, okay, well, I'm, all of this is kind of not really helping me and it's really hard to fill this timber in now. Mm-hmm. 
So we create the platform. That's the beautiful syllabus we have. White to, white to black is it's making sure you pick the right piece of timber that's solid the whole way through. Yeah, and I'm then, never yeah. going to be a world champion. I'm okay with that. But I know that if I keep practicing this, I will... I'm not going to be able to hold my own with Gordon Ryan. That dude's a phenom. He's a monster. He's a phenom. But... And he understands jiu-jitsu too. Yeah, he understands jiu-jitsu. But I'll be able to, I'll be able to approach that level. Mm-hmm. I will be able to approach that level. At least, like you can see what he's doing. Yeah, and not, I not just feel like a, like I'm getting destroyed by an octopus who's wrapping me up like a pretzel. You you, you know what his leg like? You have yeah. reference points in your brain. Oh, yeah, I'm aware. How about Maddie? Um, Gordon Ryan, right? How about another extreme? What about if you went into an MMA fight with the Reaper? Shout out to the Reaper. Hope he does well to this weekend against yeah. uh, Big Darren Till. Good luck. Good luck. Uh, mate, that's... I wouldn't be trying to punch him in the face, that's for sure. No. What would you do? What would you be doing? I'd be shelling up and trying to either keep the distance or if I had to, close it. Well, there you go. So now we're, pra- now we're talking... That, that's this idea of self-defense there. So you're not going to come at... Robbie, to be honest, the no, way he came no. at Israel, that was a bit dumb, wasn't it? Like just coming at him and no. like engaging in a in 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 a realm of fighting that the other that your opponent is best at. Oh, what a good time to! I was listening to a Russell Brand podcast with Brené Brown, um, and Russell Brand came up with this beautiful saying, and I, I've been waiting to say it to people, and I haven't had a chance. But now's a great time. Russell Brand, of all people, goes... He's a pretty smart fellow. He's a smart He cookie. is. He goes, if you're going up against alligators, don't fight them in a swamp. Yeah. That's spot on, right? Isn't that <laughs> like, good? Yeah. That's it. So, so... Do you know how you beat an alligator? No. Okay. You have to be on land. That's the first thing. If you're in water with it, you're stuffed. He's going to grab you and start doing like the alligator roll? He, how, alligators, they're like boats. Have you ever seen a boat do a perfect pivot on the spot? Or a car? No, the car has to go forward. Alligators can't turn. Yeah, right. They can go forward a and A boat turn. can, though. It can pivot, right? Uh, if you've got someone with a rope pulling or it. Or an oars. Oars, oars <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, with a motor, yeah, like yeah, a car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It has to go forward to turn. So you just cut the angle on him. You have to, you have to cut. That's <laughs> literally how you beat it. I'm not saying it's easy. Don't try this at home. Uh, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not game to try it with a croc. But I, they... they can run fast in a straight line. For, they can hit like 40k an hour, bro. They're quick. Wow. They're quick. They're scary. But they've got they've got a turning circle. Like you ever heard the, this the phrase? This car turns like a boat. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Alligators and crocodiles turn like a boat. Like, yeah, right. So that's if if you got if you have to manage the distance, run away. But if you have to fight a crocodile, cut the angle. We did say this is a reflection on self defense and all aspects of self defense. So if you ever coming up against a crocodile people yeah run away <laughs> run away or just cut the angles well, I'd, I'd choose running first I don't want to be near a crocodile but if I'm backed against the wall I'm cutting the angle it's so gonna, it's gonna lunge at you right so you gotta yeah. cut the angle cut the angle first get to the outside yep outsides right so people oh. um, <laughs> I'm all worked up now um, yeah I am I'm scared thinking about how to attack a crocodile <laughs> rear naked choke it well, Mata no, Leon. Yeah, that's, that's how you kill a lion. Have you ever, ever fought a lion? I don't know how you get to a lion's back and then sink in the choke. Yeah, that's a different ball game. I don't even. But want if to you were it. ever on a lion's back, Rune could choke people. Mata Leon, kill the lion. Now look, 
BJJ isn't bad. Can we say that? Yeah, it's not. That's what we were saying like, before. We do that after class. We, we love grapple. Like, we love it. I love it. I love collar choking people. I love all of that stuff. Yep. And that, that's that's what I love about Master Sour. He'll never tell you that, you know, grappling is not good. It's not right. It's not the right way to do it. Hey, everybody, just, let's grapple. Let's do it how you want to do it. Let's make it better. Let's go. The game of BJJ is so much fun, and it equips you with amazing skills of movement and controls and submissions. And when you add the understanding of striking, it only serves to make it more rich and more potent mm. as a skill to serve you for the rest of your life. You want to be effective as a BJJ practitioner, not just in a certain rule set, but in all areas of life. Look, that's up to you though. That's what I want to do. I want to use my BJJ for life. I don't mm. want to, like, my aim isn't to be a world champion anymore. It used to be, to be honest. Didn't happen. No. But my, my plans change, things adapt, things evolve. Um, and now I want to use my jiu-jitsu for all aspects of my life, as a dad, as a friend, as a husband, as a, as a, as a human, essentially. Mm-hmm. You also aim, there we go, you also aim to be a better husband or wife, mother, father. You want to improve at work and be the best you can be. This is what it's like to be a martial artist. Mm. And real life also involves fronting and threatening and anger and kicks and punches and everything in between. It doesn't change the game as much as it improves on it. As in, if you just, like, listen, Maddie, people can have their own, can make their own decisions. And we have lots of people who are more than happy to do jiu-jitsu as a game. And they stop playing the game, they go off to their own regular life. I'm talking to the people who want a little bit more, you know, who want to think of jiu-jitsu as a lifestyle, as a complete lifestyle, and who want to be able to be a little bit more um, effective, you know, in protecting themselves, Mm. in protecting their family and friends. What if Big Don only knew how to pull guard and play the game of jiu-jitsu and had that guy come up to him and his daughter and 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 his son and punched Don in the face? And Don has never done, Don has never considered manage distance, manage the damage. Don has never considered like get a punch being thrown at his head. Don doesn't know how to talk like an Italian, you know, when he's yeah. coming up against a threat. Well, maybe he has Don doesn't care, care about the person's hands. Maybe he's considered a lot of these things, but he's never practiced a series of uh, strategies to deal with that exact scenario. Because considering is, is one thing, but you've also got to practice it. Yes, you have to practice it day in and day out. Mm. Um, but if you're playing the game of jiu-jitsu, when do you ever consider the person punching you in the face? Mm. I never considered someone punching me in the face until I was a brown belt and Steve Maxwell came into our school, which I'm sorry, but I'm a little bit embarrassed by that. But it's just, it is how it is, really. Yeah. Or you're doing MMA, but not everyone wants to do MMA. I did do MMA for a little bit. So my like in order to defend myself, you're right. In order to defend myself, it became like, go do MMA. Yeah. Oh, okay. But jiu-jitsu is like this complete form of self-defense. If we can, if like... It's a complete form. I wouldn't say super complete form. You know, there's a lot of different stuff that like we could go into. Yeah. But it's a good basis for most forms of self-defense. Okay. Um, So BJJ isn't bad. Gracie jiu-jitsu is better. (laughs) Hey. That's why it's best to train with a mindset of self-defense. 
and that's why we place so much emphasis on the original Elio Gracie Jiu Jitsu curriculum. It's why we do no gi gloves now on Thursdays at higher Jiu Jitsu. We still roll. Competitions are still always fair game for our students. I would never say don't go compete like too much. I actually enjoy it when someone says, hey man, I want to compete. I actually get a bit giddy, a bit excited. I try to go, you know, I try to coach them. Like I have fun. I enjoy this. I enjoy that I aspect of it as well. I Look, I'm not going to tell everyone to, I'm not going to tell anyone to compete if they don't want to. I personally think there's something to be gained from doing so. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think there are benefits to competing. Um, you said something to me before when we had lunch uh, another Steve Maxwell saying, and I'm, uh, uh, we're talking about different sports and, and exercising and lifting weights. Uh, and as soon as you take, add competition to exercise, mm-hmm. it ruins it. I'm not going to say it ruins jujitsu. Your jujitsu is still good. Your jujitsu is still nice, but it's um, it, it takes away from the art mm-hmm. to, to your your. To focus your entire energy on competition is to, much like that analogy from the beginning of the podcast, with the oxygen to your brain or to your muscles. You've mm-hmm. got so much effort. I yeah. can give my effort to all competition, which means I'm not really putting the consideration to the other side of it. Mm-hmm. And it's not to say that style is any worse or better, but understand that when you're putting your energy in one place, you're not putting it somewhere else. Yeah, okay. Here's another way to put it. What you pay attention to flourishes. Yes, yes. So if you're putting all your eggs in the competition basket, then something's going to have to give, you know? If you're putting all your eggs in the self-defense basket, then something else is going to have to give, and that's probably going to be like the competition side. Yeah, I mean, if you put all your eggs in the self-defense basket, you go into a competition, you're not going to know what a worm guard is. Mm -hmm. So at higher, we do like all these different forms, but we always have this idea of... um, self-defense first you know the 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 intention is always self-defense because that is what will allow you to understand jiu-jitsu better Mm. and do it in a way that keeps you on the mats for a lifetime because that's what that's what self-defense is too maddie because if we're competing and the goal is winning in a competition then do you think about what happens to your elbow, you know, if you like I'm, escaping I, that armbar? If it's not like, if you haven't broken my arm, but I hear a couple clicks, it's going to be sore I'm not for losing. weeks. I'm not going to lose. That I'm going to go hard. mine. I'm going to just blah. I'm gonna, what was it Vitor Belfort did to John Jones? He armbarred the crap out of John Jones. And John Jones was like, all right, hyperextend my arm. He, he's like really, really hurt his elbow. Yeah, his elbow was not in good place. But that guy's a savage competitor and he wasn't going to tap. He was not going to lose. He wanted to keep his undefeated. But that's why he's like light heavyweight champion of the world. And has been for pound for pound one of the best in the world for a long time. <laughs> I mean, yes. there's probably some other things going on there. Uh, yeah, but still, man, you can give me all those things and then put me in against those monsters. And yeah, yes, you're probably not going to win. I'm not going <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah. to be as dominant as I have as, as that guy has yeah, been. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, man, but, uh, give me those genetics, though. I'll be happy with yeah. that. Um, yeah, yeah, that'd be nice. Hey, in any case... He's a phenom genetically, absolutely. We love jiu-jitsu for self-defense, okay? And um, mm. that allows us to be adaptable in, all, in many different realms of combat. Um... You know, we're also um, we're practicing boxing. You know, like boxing features as part of our jujitsu. Um, the wider your platform, training. yeah. The wider your platform, over time, the taller it will build. It's like a pyramid, man. Yeah, I like you it. Can, you can pyramid like and, and think of that volume. The wider it starts, t- 
taller it can grow, the volume of knowledge you're going to have. So even though, you know, you will learn, learn as much as you can, dabble in self-defense, dabble in competition, dabble in worm guard, dabble in heel hooks, expose yourself to all of it. Dabble in knife defense, dabble in gun defense, expose yourself to all of it because the more you're exposed to, the more conceptually you're going to understand. So when you experience things you've never seen before, you'll just intuitively know where to go because you, you've got a defensive mindset. Uh, yes. Yes. So I like it, Maddie. I like it. I like it a lot. And ultimately, in addition to the, what you just said, ultimately, be true to like your true pri- your priorities. Yes. Like know what you want, and like just work with it. Do that. Different strokes for different folks. Yeah. Don't stroke a. No, that that was going to sound bad. <laughs> <laughs> on uh, that note, <laughs> on that now, now you get everyone wondering. Curi- <laughs> curiosity killed the cat. That's it. That's another. We did a podcast on that one, didn't we? Yep. We sure did. Listen to that one. I don't know what number it is, but enjoy it. It's there. People, thank you so much. Um, I hope this. I hope you guys enjoyed this chat. I enjoyed having this chat. Yeah, and it's, me too. It features in my head a lot. It really does. You know, because people like you know they come in, they see some self defense techniques, and like, oh no, I want to go. I want to go. It's like, oh, okay. Um, I just think I just think jujitsu for us, like ultimately, it's a lifestyle, but it's a lifestyle of self-defense, and this self-defense is an idea that we can take in so many different realms, and it's not just hand, it's not just like you know fisticuffs, it's a lot of things. It's self-defense at work, it's self-defense at home, you know, it's uh, it's self-defense everywhere, and that's what that's what yeah I've done it I've done it many ways, being a better husband, being better at work being a better father being a better partner being a better son yeah you know self-defense um, and my da- yeah, as you said it's in all regards learning how to even navigate a, a, a situation with your parents maybe they're being grumpy do you and they're being aggressive do you be aggressive back and escalate or we, do you we de-escalate adapt. we adapt you know and um we defend we adapt defend escape control submit on that note, everybody, I hope you guys enjoyed. Thank you so much for tuning in. Um, send us your feedback. We want to hear the feedback. We enjoy the feedback. Um, and stay tuned for the next one. Thank you, people. Of course. Thank you. Of course. Bye-bye.